This is Marco, and you are listening to the Yellow Wall Podcast. of the Yellow Wallpot. I'm your host, as always, Stefan Butzko, and I'm joined by two guys for this short but powerful Yellow Wallpot episode. On my side, once again, Mr. Lars Polman. Hello, Lars. How are you doing? Hi, Stefan. I will never leave your side. You know that. Ah, that's so cute. And uh, also cute, Mr. Luca Giel. Hello, <laughs> Luca. <laughs> that's pro that was probably the best uh, <laughs> intro to a show we had yet. Uh, hello, Stefan. How are you doing? I'm I'm doing fine myself. Um, yeah, thanks for the uh, backup, but uh, I feel like I'm gonna fumble it along the way. But nevertheless, uh, before we dive into our show, which will be obviously about Borussia Dortmund's 6-2 win against Bayer Leverkusen, and then a preview of their Champions League, what is it, run of 16 return leg against Benfica, where they trail one nil. Um, we will have a little new segment which is new on this show, but I think it's it's time to introduce it. Obviously, before we talk about anything else, we have to mention the injury of Marco Reus. Luca, how big of a blow is it? Um, anyone who has seen Marco Reus play in the last few weeks knows that's a pretty huge blow, I would say. Um, I I don't remember playing him playing that well for as well as he did the last few weeks ever for Dortmund, probably. Um, maybe in his last year for Gladbach, he was on a, on a similar level, at least in some aspects of his game. And I, I thought you could see that he was pain free for the first time in years, probably. And yeah, now this happens. It's a big blow for him, obviously, and a big blow for Dortmund as well. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Lars, do you think it'll remain four weeks? <laughs> I know we don't like to speculate, but nevertheless, why not? Yeah. I mean, with, Marco Reus, four weeks often become six, eight, ten, twelve, but this is only in, uh, in quotes. It's only, uh, torn muscle fibers in his thigh. So it's not something that should linger too much. I think he said today in an interview with the club's own TV channel that he's already doing rehab and he seemed to me not to be too beat down. So, I mean, we shouldn't expect him to come back earlier than that, but It might just be the four weeks everybody thinks usually uh, when talking about torn muscle fibers. So that would put him uh, on track to return sometime after the Revier derby, which could still be an important time in the season for Dortmund if results against Benfica and Sport for Nelotte next week go the way uh, we hope and kind of expect it to go. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, uh, positive was of Royce to immediately sit down and not even really try to get back into the game. I think that really helped because it didn't worsen the injury. Um, also, something we can announce is that Borussia Dortmund uh, finally published their secondary ticket market or, or whatever you want to call it, meaning uh, that Dortmund fans can 
resale their tickets, their spare ones or whatever for the face value of the ticket, meaning uh, it'll uh, yeah make it easier for, for fans to get tickets from uh, fans uh, at humane cost. Um, as far as I know, uh, anyone can order the tickets as long as they enter their bank accounts, I guess. So what what what? Why are the money? It said that there weren't any restrictions on who can buy those tickets. So uh, since we have a big international audience and I already received a couple of questions on this, I think even if you're not from Germany, feel free to uh, yeah try it. I don't know how it actually will pan out, whether it will work or not and how well it will work. But, uh, you know, I think it's certainly the right step for Dortmund to uh, implement this. And, uh, you know, what's, what's actually nice is that if you, uh, sell your ticket again, uh, Dortmund give you the possibility that you, uh, donate the money to their foundation, Leuchte auf, the, the refund basically. And, uh, if you do, Dortmund will double the value of your donation, which is, uh, which is nice. I think it's, a, it's a positive step. The Leuchte auf foundation, of course, has a lot of projects. In Dortmund, especially, I, I think their uh, their symbol or or their uh, crest or whatever you want to call it is the a star more or less uh, of the Borsig Platz where Borussia Dortmund were founded, and uh, of course the Borsig Platz in Dortmund, in the northern part of Dortmund, is an area uh, where it's not necessarily too beautiful, and uh, you know the people that live there can need all the help they can get. And the support of the club, so it's good that they actually uh, give back to the community. So yeah, that should be all with our little news flash. I just wanted to briefly mention that. Um, Luca, Michael Sor came into the mix zone after the Leverkusen game. After uh, I think only Socrates gave an interview, and we will hear from him later since he uh, spoke in English. But Sor actually said that uh, Dortmund didn't play as well as against Freiburg and that uh, he saw a lot of things that didn't go too well. And of course, if they want to get away with a result against Benfica, they have to do better. Um, how actually did you see the game? Do you think Dortmund weren't all that good? Leverkusen were as good as Ruger Schmidt said, who by now has been sacked? Or do you think Dortmund have, were absolutely fantastic? Um, no, I would pretty much agree with uh, Zorg. The Freiburg game was a lot better, but also due to Freiburg um, or Streich in particular misjudging Dortmund and uh, I mean, not not exactly misjudging, but just not adjusting to it and he criticized himself after the game. Um, with Leverkusen, it was a tough game as always against them. They still pressed well. Dortmund find found some ways and i mean they did better than in the in the first leg this season but it still wasn't great but somehow they were up to nil after like what was it 25 minutes or so um they just scored uh, all of their chances in the beginning uh, i mean over young missed a big one um and that was the big difference towards i mean i don't know the sporting game where they were great and didn't score and the fiber game where they scored at least scored some um, and now they scored a lot from from relatively few chances. Uh, they had a lot of chances in the in the end when Leverkusen just seemed to tire out or maybe were broken. I mean, until the what was it seventy seventy seventh minute or so, it was still a one goal game. 
and then Leverkusen just collapsed and Dortmund trashed them in the end. But until then, everything was still pretty open. I mean, Leverkusen didn't have that many great chances, but they scored two goals from from uh, not so great chances, and uh, Dortmund had struggled with their build up. So I would agree with Sorg that they would have they will have to play better against Benfica to to advance probably. Yeah, it's it's probably a fair assessment. I mean, both teams more or less overperformed when it came to uh, taking their chances. Leverkusen amassed an expected goals of something around 0.7 or so, and they scored twice. I mean, the free kick by Wendell, who I thought sitting in the stadium was Bellarabi for some weird reason, and then Nobi Dickel said it over the stadium speaker. So, yeah, I was really confused, but maybe I should just uh, watch out better. Um, but also Dortmund took their chances quite well and their expected goals wasn't as high as in, in Freiburg either. Um, Lars, Thomas Tuchel now started this same formation. Uh, he also started against Freiburg. Do you think uh, this Dortmund side now has found the groove? Is it now all about the automatism? Stefan, it's always all about the automatisms, especially on the other wall pot, but... Um I think Tuchel has just identified this team as one that really functions well at the moment. Uh, I'm looking more at the formation than necessarily all the personnel because I don't think, for example, that Rafael Guerrero is now nailed on as the starter at left wing back and Marcel Schmelzer is uh, going to be banned to the bench. I think that's more a case of Schmelzer needing a rest uh, against Freiburg and then Guerrero looking so good that there was no reason to uh, switch that. Let's not forget that Schmelzer was supposed to be in the starting eleven for the cancelled uh, cup game uh, at Lotte. So, uh, because some people asked about uh, Schmelzer's position in the team, it's, I don't think that's uh, really an issue uh, at the moment. But um, I think, as I said, Tuchel has just identified a team that works really well. I think we've talked often about uh, Eric's, Eric Dorm's uh, shortcomings, but he's really excelling in that role at the moment on the right wing. Uh, it makes perfect use of his athleticism. He's really stretching defenses with his runs. He gives whoever is the right winger or the, the player in the right half space uh, a lot of options. Uh, Dembele once again played very well in that role in the first half, and then when Pulisic replaced Royce after 40-odd minutes, um, and they switched sides, Dembele and Pulisic did, and Pulisic, in my opinion, was the best player on the pitch in the second half, and obviously that's down to his own quality uh, for the most part, but it was also down once again to Dorm performing pretty well in, in his role. And then defensively, I think we've seen under Tuchel in general, even last season, that they look more stable with uh, a back three, and uh, it also gives the team more options in uh, in the build-up. Um, It's not all about Weigel at the moment, which uh, has helped him gain some more confidence. I think uh, overall, uh, however, the the most important thing about this team right now is that so many players are on really good spells of form. That starts with uh, Roman Bürki, uh, who doesn't really have to do much uh, in terms of keeping his goal clean. I mean, you talked about the the overall performance of Leverkusen in terms of their chances, but uh, he's doing well in distributing the ball. He's, he seems alert whenever he has to do something. And then Mark Bartra, we've lauded him quite often. He's been really good in the last few games. My personally, the, the best player on the pitch, if we count the entire 90 minutes uh, against Leverkusen for me. 
uh, Guerrero looked good, uh, Weigel looked good, Castro is doing well. I mean, we can go on and on. The, the entire team seems to be on a really good run of form right now. And for Tuchel, uh, that, uh, to keep that up, it, it makes sense that he doesn't make too many changes. So I think, uh, we will see this formation in the, in the most important games, but I'm also pretty sure we are going to see some rotation, um, relatively soon again. Let's not forget that Dortmund had a bit of a breather in the last few weeks with, um, without, um, fixtures in midweek, thanks to the cancellation of the cup match and the, um, stretched out nature of the round of 16 in the Champions League nowadays. Yeah, definitely. And I think that helped Dortmund really a lot considering, uh, Leverkusen amassed around 20 fouls. And I'm pretty sure, uh, Karim Bellarabi and Charles Arangis both could have been sent off easily for, uh, you know, just too many fouls. Um, but I, I wrote it in my piece, seven, seven things we didn't learn about this game. And, uh, I still stand by it is that while Leverkusen, of course, always play on, on the rough side of things, uh, Dortmund also have beefed and bulked up a little bit. And I, I think that's, uh, very, very important for them. Because uh, in most games where they have uh, dropped points, more often than not, uh, intensity was one of the things that have has been lacking. And of course, Tuchel said the other day, I don't remember when it was, but I think ahead of the Wolfsburg game is that intensity should be a trademark of Bruce Dortmund. And under Jürgen Klopp, it surely was this season, not always the case, but um, in the last two games, for sure, or even the last three games. And I, I think... We can maybe talk about the entire good run of form minus the Darmstadt game, more or less. So um, that is really encouraging that I think the work rate in this team overall has improved. Of course, we have to wait and see how that will, uh, you know, go with a lot of games now coming on thick and fast. But, uh, you know, while the tactical side of things obviously uh, plays a huge role in, in Dortmund beating Leverkusen, I think that they just... Uh, show a bit of physique and, and uh yeah fight back claw back uh you know that's that's important as well for for Dortmund to uh yeah just just stand their ground so yeah long story short i think it was a pretty comprehensive win um luca how did you see Ömer Toprak in this game um it's unfair to judge any defender defending Usman Dembele so um he didn't do too well there but nobody does so other than that, he held his own in a in a sprint duel against Aubameyang. Twice. Twice, yeah. He's he's a fast guy. Um, okay in the build-up, but yeah, Leverkusen just offensively weren't that great, I would say. Um, and there were wasn't weren't too many options for him. And Dortmund, like you say, although although I would disagree slightly, I don't think the I mean the intensity did improve. Yes, I would agree. But I think a lot of it has to do with Dortmund's uh, possession game improving and they uh, don't lose the ball in spaces that are tough to defend, basically. I mean, in the in the Hinrunde... Oh, yeah, that is very true. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I pointed that out, that out, but I just wanted to say that they actually get a little bit more stuck in and that oh, stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, they had eight faults compared to 20, so <laughs> at least they get stuck in, in a fair way. But yeah, I, I think um, what what makes a big difference is that Dortmund managed to advance the ball past the midfield more regularly. They st still struggled 
Um, but Pisscheck and Durm sometimes, um, especially Pisscheck had some, I don't know, slow turns and just didn't see a defender coming and lost the ball once or twice. And Leverkusen, uh, yeah, scuffed their attacks, luckily for Dortmund. But, um, yeah, they still struggled, yeah, minorly in the build-up sometimes, but most of the time they, they managed to advance the ball. And then when you lose the ball not close to the box of the opponent, then it's easier to counterpass. And that's just what happened with the 1-0. Aubameyang ran at someone full speed and all of, all of Arangi's passing, passing options were closed down by Dortmund. So he had, had to punt the ball forwards and Pichek got the ball and yeah. The rest is Usman Dembele. Yeah, there was a really cool block by Aubameyang on uh, Arangis, I think it was. Yeah. Who who more or less uh, gave up two errors in, in, in that one play. And uh, there one quick note on Top Rock. I actually thought he had a decent game. Uh, the only the only problem for him is that Tin Yetvai, his uh, partner in crime, didn't have so much a good game. And uh, yeah, in the end, I think it was André Schüller who ran into Top Rock and... Uh, After that, he had a knock on his knee and couldn't really move as as he usually would. And uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was an assault. That was an assault by Schürrle. He just yeah, ran. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> he was really trying to to just go head through wall there. Yeah, he just ran at him for no reason whatsoever. Just ran at him and ran over him. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, six to two, pretty comprehensive win. Lars. Um, What? Was there any surprise about Roger Schmidt getting sacked? Yeah, uh, the surprising part was that it came the afternoon on the day after the game. It should have happened right after the game, basically, because, um, I mean, everybody knew, basically, uh, maybe it wasn't too public, but everybody knew that uh, Leverkusen and Roger Schmidt would part ways in the summer. There was no way for him to return on the job next season. So uh, a 6 to defeat after the two games they had against Mainz and Atletico was always going to be the final nail in the coffin. And, and especially after he had the gal to sit in the press conference and talk about this being a, a positive step in the right direction after getting blown out of the Westfalenstadion. Uh, that doesn't sit well with a club uh, that has uh, some ambitions to be respected as a you know, top 25 or so side in Europe. So, I mean, I was not surprised at all to see him let go. And I think it's the right decision also because he has just not, sorry, not improved his team whatsoever over the last, let's say, 18 months or so. Um, and, and let's we forget Leverkusen have a really, really good squad now and what a, a squad that also fits what he does very well. So he, he, Uh, and Leverkusen to me the 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 big underachievers this season along with uh, perhaps Schalke even though they made the changes before the season so they have an excuse for some of the problems they are having on the pitch so not not a surprise at all and the only surprise really is that that Leverkusen didn't have a better solution at hand than getting Typhoon Korkut in who was absolutely terrible at Hannover and then uh, I think he left uh, on his own from Kaiserslautern last season who were doing not overly great in the second division either. So kind of puzzling to me that is a club with Leverkusen's squad and standing. I mean, they are a Champions League side at the moment, even though they are going to go out against Atletico, uh, would have to resort to getting someone without any, any kind of high profile. I mean, even, even if it's just in, A caretaker solution until the summer. I think they could have done better than that, but obviously I don't know 
who they talk to and who they got in their own ranks. I think this is one of the instances where not having an under-23 team can hurt them because they have one less uh, coaching position uh, to groom young guys in, which is something Dortmund have done successfully, uh, as we know that uh, Dave Wagner and uh, Hannes Wolf are both doing very well in second divisions and are both looking likely to go up into first division coaching next season. So that's something for Leverkusen to decide. But uh, after the game and the the last few matches, uh, there was no other choice than sacking Schmidt. Yeah, Luca, where we are on Leverkusen now, how do you think uh, this will impact their long-term future? Because uh, Last just said that they are in fact a Champions League side, but will they be in the next two or three seasons? Well, I mean, Corkwood is just supposed to take over until the summer and then they'll get a real coach in. <laughs> I'm sorry to Mr. Corkwood. Um, yeah, that'll, that'll depend on who, who takes over. I mean, if Julian Nagelsmann for some weird reason decides he wants to leave one, uh, club in one good functioning club in, in Hoffenheim, at least on the, on the sporting side, and go to Leverkusen, which wouldn't be that much of an upgrade. I mean, the squad is better, yeah, but I don't know, not sure. Um, then they they would look at a great future, I would say. But if they get, I don't know, who else? Andre Schubert. Andre Schubert, or I just saw uh, David Wagner and Jürgen Klinsmann, <laughs> Jürgen Klinsmann throwing around. So, so but Zorniger is actually good, Stefan. He would be a fun fit for them, although he's from the same Red Bull school of thought so he wouldn't be too much of a change up from Roger Schmidt but he's yeah, uh, yeah. A, a more funny guy and not uh, not as aggressive as Roger Schmidt is but he would probably play even riskier i mean his his stuttgart side was hilarious but they didn't yeah they didn't win much so that's not, that's not a good thing in the bundesliga for a coach um yeah it it obviously depends on on who gets goes there in the summer they have they have amazing talent uh, but I'm afraid, or I'm not afraid. Uh, I don't really care, but uh, they, I, they will, <laughs> they will probably lose a lot of those guys in the summer. Um, and I think a few of them have, have buyout clauses and yeah, uh, it's a similar story at, I think at Schalke, they, they'll, they'll also lose some of their talent and it'll be an interesting summer in the Bundesliga. Yeah, Schalke now slowly entering the relegation fight. But, uh, Luca, before I asked you about, um, Leverkusen, you actually had one point left to make, at least I thought you wanted to, so go ahead. I kind of forgot what I was saying. Uh, oh, uh, oh, I, I remember I just wanted to add to, to, uh, that, I mean, it looked ridiculous or it uh, seemed ridiculous that Roger Schmidt said it was a step in the right direction, but I actually agree with him that, I mean, uh, it was basically the opposite of the first game, um, against Leverkusen where Leverkusen just scored early from a, from a set piece and then they had the upper hand because they could press and Dortmund had to attack. And this time it was, it was Dortmund scoring to lucky, uh, in, in, uh, air quotes goals. And uh, then they had the upper hand and could just counter. And you don't want to defend counter attacks against Royce over Myung and Dembele and even Pulisic when he came on. So that's always a tough situation for a team to be in. And that was, that was just a lucky way of for Dortmund to, to start the game off, I would say. And Leverkusen did comparatively well, I would say, and the scoreline really doesn't flatter them. Yeah, but he can say that, Luca. I mean, he yeah, can yeah. think yeah, it I agree. and, and I agree. talk to his yeah. own team, but 
for a head coach who's the the main re representative of a club to sit in the press conference and say after a 6-2 thrashing that 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 was a nice fun game and he learned a lot and it was a good experience i mean that's breitenreiter talk and uh, yeah. not something uh, leverkusen like to hear from from a coach who as i said before everybody knew was on his way out anyway so not not very smart of him if he truly wanted to stay on until the summer yeah i agree i i just wanted to to add that how even no, how ridiculous I, it, I, it looked. I agree. I, I, I would actually say that Leverkusen were the better side uh, in the first 45 minutes, even though they didn't have any scoring chances. But just yeah. between the boxes, they were the better side. And it was almost uh, a bizarre world in the sense that Dortmund played like Leverkusen, as you said, and Leverkusen played a bit like Dortmund in that they looked better in possession, at least in the first half, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, things more or less all even themselves out. And uh, now we will briefly hear from Mr. Socrates Papastad and then we will <laughs> good job <laughs> what <laughs> good job <laughs> yeah thanks and then we will uh, go over to the uh, preview of the Benfica match the game was very difficult because uh, the other team pressed a lot but uh, I think that we started good we scored the first goal and uh, after it was more easy for us yeah. but did you think about Aubameyang as he was not scoring so yeah goal? but Everybody can uh, lose this uh, situation. No? Yeah. Uh, we hope that he's scoring uh, the next game. The ne <laughs> uh, nothing. Marco, we wait. Marco, I don't know what uh, he has. Also today was very good. I think it was one good game. And uh, the situation with Bellarabi, it was Bellarabi. It was a red card. No, I don't think so. That was. Uh, I think it was yellow card, nothing else. Was muss jetzt gegen Benfica noch besser werden, damit es mit dem weiterkommen klappt? In English, please. <laughs> no, with Benfica, I think we have to to play 300 percent uh, better than today. Uh, of course, uh, I think we will be also better because we have also players like. Like me, that all the week I was with antibiotic and I didn't yeah. train a lot, and a lot of players also has small problems. I think we we are in the good situation now. Since Darmstadt, did it be what has changed? A lot of things. <laughs> you see the game with Darmstadt and today, yeah, a lot of things. With Darmstadt, I think we didn't just just we are we we go to the to the stadium, but nothing else. We didn't play. <laughs> This was. The worst game that we did this year. Today was one good game, but we have to think about Benfica. How important for today was it not to win? Of course, it's important because uh, we was more. Uh, you don't. You have one game less, so we 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 had more time to to recover. But uh, of course, we have to play also this game, no? Play against Mitrovic. Yeah. In Benfica, he scores a lot of goals. In Benfica, he was lucky because he touched one time the ball and he scored. But <laughs> we'll see what happened here. You talk with him after the first game? Of course, he's a very good friend of me. No? We, our radio talks with um, Karagunic yeah. and they, he said that uh, in this moment, Mitrovic is the best player in the Greece. You, you agree? I think yes, if he scores. In, in football, uh, the best players is every time the offense player. So <laughs> <laughs> the player who scores, no, I have to score more. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> we hope uh, much of work, a lot of work we, against Metro Glue Wednesday. Of course. But he has also a lot of work. <laughs> we'll see. So, thank you very much. Bye. Yeah, that was Mr. Socrates. Never knew he was uh, so funny. Yeah, well... <laughs> And now you know, Luke. And, and the, the best part is that he's had 300%. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, not go, going for now. all the, the Spartan, uh, or the, the, the 300 memes about him being a Spartan, which makes sense actually because he was born in a city relatively close to uh, the historical site of Sparta, actually. So that was more fun than I expected too, yeah. Well, I'm glad I have you shocked here on the panel, but, uh, Lars, Will Dortmund play 300% better than against Leverkusen, against Benfica? I'm, what does your crystal I'm, ball say? I'm not good at math, so I'm not sure that's uh, actually possible. Uh, but I don't think they need to be 300% better than they were against Leverkusen. They they weren't excellent against Leverkusen. They were just good. But I think just good will be enough for Benfica, who were everything but good in the first leg. Um, I am still 100% convinced Dortmund will go through, yes. All right, Luca, what, what's your percentage here in terms of confidence? <laughs> um, I mean, I said before the show, I think they'll, they'll, they're likely to win like seven out of 10, Dortmund, that is. Um, win or go through? I go through on yeah. seven out of, out of 10, I would say, because it can always happen. Like you concede an early set piece or they break through once. That stuff happens, and then you have to score three, and then uh, let's say you waste a few chances, and then you have to go all out, and then concede another, and then you have to score four. So that stuff just happens. But I, but I think they have a better shot at um, going through than going out. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, how how could I not watching the first leg? Dortmund were just so much better than Benfica. It was uh, so surprising how how dominant Dortmund really were at the Stadio da Luz. I don't think many teams go there and uh, play in the manner Dortmund did. Um, Benfica, of course, now on a seven-game winning streak, so they will arrive at the Westfalenstein with confidence themselves. But, uh, you know, confidence is a fickle thing. And uh, if you overpower them, which I think will probably happen, uh, their confidence might uh, yeah, escape them rather quickly, uh, because we all saw how passive Benfica were in the first leg, uh, except for those three minutes after halftime where they started pressing and all of a sudden created a chance and uh, lucky bounce meant they, they went ahead and actually won the game. But uh, overall, I do think Benfica will be even more passive in the game. And um, Lars, how much space do you think Julian Weigel will be awarded this time in percent? <laughs> in percent, I... Again, I'm not a mathematician, but I think space is not a, a value you can say in percent. But um, I think he's going. To, I know that that was the joke. I, but I yeah, think he's going to have too much space. Uh, if that's enough for you, I mean, um, three hundred percent. I think you 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 made the point that he always has too much space in Portugal. But uh, some of the the Bundesliga opponents in the last few weeks have given him too much space as well, and I think that's really down to. Dortmund's shift in formation, as I talked about earlier in the episode, so I think he's going to again be the focal point of Dortmund's build-up play, and uh, like you, I expect Benfica to sit relatively deep and try to hit Dortmund on the counter or two, so he's probably going to again have a lot of space and do the best with it, I hope. Yeah, certainly. Luca, um, how good 
in recent weeks has Dortmund's form improved in the sense of preventing their opponents from uh, completing counterattacks? Uh, 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 <laughs> they had a, I think Leverkusen had a few good counterattacks, uh, or at least counterattacking opportunities, and they just blew it. Uh, I remember a few where there were like uh, three against four, maybe, and then there was a bad run or a bad pass. So yeah. it wasn't that, or Kevin Folland. Yeah, exactly. It wasn't that great in this game, and I think um, Benfica are getting Sivkovic back. He played in the last game, probably one of their best players. And I I remember some other players being out in the first leg and they being bad, bad, bad. Sorry, being back in the second. So maybe we'll see a different Benfica side. At least that's what I understood from uh, Tom Kunda too. Also, I think he wrote a preview for us, didn't he? And yeah, they did well. They did well in uh, preventing counterattacks against Freiburg, but also Freiburg wasn't that great on the day and Dortmund were really good uh, offensively. And they didn't do that well against Leverkusen, but you can't expect that because Leverkusen are just, that's what they are good at. Pressing high, uh, trying to create turnovers and then counter you, uh, counterattack against you. Um, we'll see how it goes against Benfica. I think the the key will be the possession game and losing the if they lose the ball, they have to lose it high up the pitch so they can immediately counter uh, immediate yeah immediate counter press and then there's a good chance of Dortmund not conceding. <laughs> I think they'll concede one, but I think Dortmund can also manage to score three like we saw in the last weeks. Yeah, Lars, who do you think uh, will play instead of Marco Reus? Who do I think? Uh, I think it's it might actually will be Andre Schürrle. It, it might be Andre Schürrle uh, just because uh, that's the kind of game he was brought in for, I would think. I mean, um, Tuchel mentioned his experience and uh, his defensive contributions and whatnot uh, when he signed him. So I guess if you don't play him here, why did you bring him in? But... Uh, it should be uh, Christian Pulisic based on his form. He, as I said before, he was, uh, in my opinion, the best player on the pitch in the second half. Made a real difference running with the ball. Uh, he he looked like he operated at a higher pace than pretty much everyone else on the pitch, which was awesome to see. Um, but uh, if it's not him and not Schuller, I think there's a, a dark horse candidate, and that is Rafael Guerrero, who I think has done really well on the left or in the left half spaces offensively. I think he's uh, shown some of his defensive issues on that spot. And as I said before, I think Marcel Schmelzer is going to start uh, whatever position it is, whether it's left back or left wing back, depends on the entire setup of the team. But I think with Guerrero doing so well on the attack, there is a slight chance for him to play uh, the Royce position, which was really more in the half spaces in the last few games anyway, uh, which would allow Dembele to stay in the right uh, on the right wing where he's been a bit better, I think, uh, especially after the turn of the year than on the left. Yeah, and interesting, Luca. Your take on uh, who will fill in for Marco Royce? Um, I actually think it'll it'll be Pulisic. Just going by most of the Champions League games. I think he's almost started every Champions League game except for the first leg against Benfica. Five of six in the in the group okay. stage, so okay, five of six. Almost every <laughs> every game. And But um, but then again uh Andre Schöle, sorry Luca has yeah. uh, started most of the games he was uh, available for in the Champions League too. So 
Yeah, that's true. But I, I think Tuchel went pretty strictly uh, by um, just playing Schürrle when for Aubameyang every game or subbing in, in him in for Aubameyang and whenever something happened to a winger or he subbed the winger out, uh, Pulisic came on, at least from what I can remember. So it seems like Pulisic is the first option on the wing and Schürrle is the first option up front, at least for the time being and uh, Isaac not being ready yet. So I think it'll be Pulisic and I would like to see Guerrero in this game on the wing. I agree with Lars uh, that he isn't that great defensively and that was my worry um, playing him, uh, especially against a team like Leverkusen and he struggled defensively. But the big thing with him is that he's so much better going up front, uh, going, um, yeah, playing up front and playing close to the opponent's box and in the last third, basically. And we saw that against Freiburg. And if we expect Benfica to sit deep, then uh, Guerrero as a left wing back could be the X factor. And just his combination play, uh, we, we, we've seen those one twos. He play, he did it at the Euros as well. Um, and just a little one two and then a cutback and all those nice things. I mean, maybe we see Schmelzer in the back three or something. I, I think he was supposed to play there in the cup. We, we know, obviously we will never know if he was supposed to play there. Um, but yeah, I could also see Schmelzer as being on the bench as sad as that would be, but Guerrero is better going up front. And if we, if Tuchel expects, uh, Benfica to sit deep, I could see Guerrero playing on as left wing back again. Yeah. But the, uh, the biggest problem defensively of Guerrero is defending with his, uh, face, uh, towards his own goal. So, uh, tracking back against counterattacks, whatever. So if we expect Benfica to play uh, reactive on the counter, then um, I think the experience of Schmelzer and the tactical acumen of him make more sense in, in, in that position. I guess we'll, we'll just have to wait and see. Maybe maybe we are all wrong and Benfica come out uh, firing because they know uh, scoring two goals will probably do the deal for them. Yeah, they listen to the yellow wallpot and do the reverse psychology on Dortmund. Who doesn't? Of course. But uh, if if I may to make one point about uh, Guerrero maybe filling in for Royce instead of Pulisic, the only tiny issue I have with Guerrero um, over Pulisic there is that I actually do think that Pulisic's counter-pressing is a bit more sharper and a bit more impulsive, which I think is important if you uh, want to really keep the pressure on, on Benfica and although of course Guerrero has all these talents when Dortmund are in possession I think when it actually comes down to the, the pressing part and something Royce did extremely well uh, I think Pulisic would be the better fit for that but uh, then again so many options and uh, only hindsight will tell us which was the right or the wrong one but I actually do feel that you Hardly can go wrong with, with this team right now on, on, on that position because, uh, be it Pulisic, Guerrero or even Schürrle, I think they will all, uh, have a good game against Benfica because I think Dortmund will come out all guns blazing and will show a good and comprehensive team performance and whoever plays in that spot will be lifted by the rest of the team as everyone else will. As, uh, you know, that's what the, the glue, as Thomas Tuchel always used to say, uh, does for you and uh, I don't know about you guys but I'm very much looking forward about a really thrilling European Cup night I don't want it to be thrilling to be honest I want it to be as you said comprehensive 
I think uh, I also think they they really go out and try to score an early goal to set the tone. And I think this is one of those games where if things go the way I think they go, we will talk afterwards about um, the the yellow wall, which I guess isn't really the yellow wall because it's a seating area in European games, but just the the, the overall atmosphere in the stadium and the 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 emotional power the the stadium gives the team. I think this is one of those nights where where afterwards we talk about that being such a big boost a boost for the team yeah it's maybe just a yellow room divider <laughs> but uh yeah no in, in all seriousness <laughs> I, I i i just think it's uh it's it's just the anticipation for that game that's that's out there and and that uh lingering feeling you know magic of the european cup usually delivers for you so um i'm looking very much forward to this game whether dortmund pull through or not I think, you know, just the atmosphere itself will, you know, be somewhat magical and, uh, you know, everyone who will be in the stadium probably is a very lucky person. So, Luca, uh, as I have run out of questions, uh, I will now ask you for the predictions. So you have one more question. Yeah. I saved that one for last. Um, three one for Dortmund. Last. Three one for Dortmund. All right, and I will say also 3-1 for Dortmund. So that's that. Luca, uh, before we end this show, where can people find you in Berlin? Didn't hear you. <coughs> where can people find you in Berlin? They can find me on Twitter at Luca Gier. <laughs> All right, fair enough. Lars, where can people find you? They can't find me in Berlin either, but they can find me on Twitter at Lars Bollmann. All right, since I'm trying to be the dad horse of a running gag i will uh, just also show myself out now you can follow me at stefan Butzko. you can follow the show on facebook on twitter at yellow wallpot you can find our written content on yellowwallpot.com if you want to subscribe to our podcast you can do that on itunes on soundcloud and on stitcher or just use your podcatcher whatever on android and yeah we will be back i think next thursday or friday already to preview the match against Hatta BSC. That'll be so loads That'll of fun. be a fun one. Loads yeah. of fun. <laughs> and the game right, too. Luca, yeah, the game too. Luca already volunteered since he is from Berlin. He's obviously the expert on all things Hatta Berlin. Sure. Sure. All right. Anyway, that was episode 176. It was a pleasure to record yet again with you guys. Until next week, goodbye.